Welcome to a Season of Caring podcast, where there's hope for living, loving, and caring with no regrets. This is Raina Nice as your host, and today I'm excited to have Karen Weaver as our guest. Karen supports Christ-centered women navigating career and life transitions. She helps them achieve their goals through her company, Crosswalk Coaching and Consulting, LLC. She also serves as a consultant, mentor, speaker, and retreat designer and facilitator. She is a professional certified coach through the International Coach Federation and an experienced caregiver. Welcome, Karen. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you, Raina. It's, it's great to have the opportunity to share with you today. Well, let's just start off with sharing with our listeners about your caregiving experience. Okay, well, I, I usually consider my formal caregiving experience to have started when my husband had a massive stroke in 1995. So it's been about 25 years. And at the time, he was 39 years old. And so it was quite a adventure at times, a journey, um, just trying to navigate because we had young children and it completely changed our lives. I can imagine that would be so just one day you had a normal and the next day that normal was completely gone. Oh my goodness. That is, that is just, just how it happens. I mean, you know, he went to work, he came home from work and he went to bed and within a couple hours he fell out the bed. Actually, if he hadn't fallen out the bed, I wouldn't have known that something was wrong. Mm. I thought he was playing at first because my husband is very much a trickster. So, <laughs> but I, I realized quickly that he he was not playing and called nine one one, and we were off to the hospital. So yes, and then of course later, you know, I didn't realize at the time that that was really preparing me for other caregiving experiences I would have with my mom and then later on with my dad. My dad lives with me as well right now. He's 91 and he suffers from Alzheimer's disease. You have your hands full and it's a blessing in the journey, but it's definitely not for the fainted heart. It is not for the fainted heart. And a pastor once told me that, just remember, it's a season. And so I tried to just show up every day and do the best I can and put my energy and thoughts into what do I need for today? It can be overwhelming if you think about it, you know, long term. Definitely. Borrowing trouble from the future is not anything that you need whenever just today (laughs) there has more than enough. More than enough. The scripture says that for a reason. Yes. It does. <laughs> yes. So what are two or three lessons that you've learned as a result of your journey? Well, certainly I've learned how important my faith is in my journey. I, you know, I've always been a believer and, you know, I've served as a local pastor before in the United Methodist Church, but it's really when your your faith is really tested that you really begin to see what it means to be a person of faith. So that's something I've certainly learned. And secondly, I would say that you have to understand that everyone has their own capacity and had to let go of just the thought that, you know, certain family members should be helping me or friends should be helping me that, you know, everybody doesn't have 
the capacity to to be a part of the caregiving journey. So I had to learn that fairly quickly as well. Those are two such important things and I can completely identify with those with my season as well of just so thankful that I had a strong faith going into this last season of caring for my dad, Mm -hmm. but even just how much it grew in that season, that dependence and understanding of how, though this isn't easy and heartbreaking, it's so many different turns, God's still good and he's still there and he, he's all we need. And so thankfully, but I love that too, understanding capacity. I think our caregivers that are listening out there probably have those same people in their lives. The ones that should (laughs) be doing more, (laughs) that should be supporting us, should be staying, should know that I need help or even should do what I ask when I ask them for help. Yes. Yes. That can be so disappointing with those people Mm -hmm. in our lives don't step up. But it's, it's a really good perspective to understand that their capacity isn't the same. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and which also reminds me of just the importance of self-care. Because when you think about it, no one is going to say to you, you need to take care of yourself. So you have to realize that at some point yourself that you are responsible for taking care of yourself. And if you can't get help where you think you should, you have to find a way to get the kind of help that you need in order to be able to take care of yourself. Because that becomes just overwhelming um, because it's so easy just to put yourself on the sideline when you're attending and caring for the people. And with me having two people at home Mm -hmm. can be more of a challenge. Easy to say, oh, well, I'll just, you know, put that off, but I can't do that. I have to attend to those things which will nurture me and also keep me healthy. Such a good point. So we want to say it to those of you who are listening to the podcast today, you have to take care of you. And we don't want you to feel selfish in doing that. It's not about going and getting your nails done or those kind of things to take care of you. (laughs) We mean nurture your soul, take care of your body and get the help that you need. It takes a team to come together to help provide the caring that's needed and being willing to ask for help and find the team that you need is just crucial to Mm -hmm. the long-term being able to make it through the season. Absolutely. Great. So what do you wish that maybe you had embraced earlier in your journey? I wish that I had embraced the fact that once my husband had a stroke, things were never going to be the same. Mm. I've realized that whenever there's like a major health event or some type of trauma in your life, sometimes, you you know, we try to get back to where we were. And I think certainly in those early years, my husband and I were trying to get back to where we were before he had a stroke, but that was not going to happen. And it, we we had to embrace the fact that we were going to be moving into a new norm. And I I wish I had realized that sooner than later, that you're not going to go backwards, but you have to embrace the new norm and figure out what that is. I bet that's really helpful in dealing with your dad with the dementia end of things, because 
every day is a new normal almost. Sometimes. Well, this is true. <laughs> this is true because persons with dementia, they can shift quickly on you for sure. Yeah. And so being flexible, I think, is, is also a part of that journey. And going back to my faith, I mean, I think it's just teaching us that we just learning the fruits of the spirit, I will say, mm. <laughs> you know, is just teaching you and refining you day by day to learn that it's that grace you're pulling off of each and every day to get through. For sure. That's so wise. And realizing that fruit continues to grow and we have what we need each day. Oh, um, yes. Even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, when we really stop and ask for it, he's always faithful to give it to us. He's always faithful, yes. Yes, we have enough, we are enough, because he is enough. Mm. <laughs> for mm -hmm. sure. Well yes. said. So what would you say was the biggest shift for you through this season of caring? Understanding that I'm not in control. Mm. <laughs> and that everything is not going to be perfect. I think you know, I've always been a person who's been a planner, I'm very organized, I like structure. So when I think about actually learning to live in chaos and being comfortable with it, I think that was a big shift for me mm -hmm. to be able to just kind of go with the flow and realize that that was in my best interest to go with the flow and to know that God was able, God is in control. So there's, there's no reason for me to be concerned about the fact that I'm not in control. <laughs> <laughs> I always viewed it as my gifts of planning and knowing how to make order out of chaos. Those are gifts yeah. God gave me. Yes. Um, and then I was in this season where there was a lot of chaos. <laughs> so yes. I agree that that was a growing place for me to say, okay, how do I still use the gifts that I have, but mm -hmm. not hold on so tight? And that's mm -hmm. what I learned was I'm going to use an open hand and I'm going to continue to plan and I'm going to continue to use my gifts of organization and trying to make it as good as possible. But I also had to not hold tight to those things to make sure that they went my way. Yes. I had to be willing yes. to open my hands and let, let the chaos happen if it was going to happen that day. But I do think that as those that are in a caring season, it can feel extremely overwhelming when we're trying to control everything. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have to tell you a funny story. Um, so the other day on the weekend, my caregiver wasn't coming and I, I just overslept and <laughs> my dad got up and he took a shower. And by the time my husband and I got up and went to check on him, my dad was in his clothes from the day before and he was riding his bicycle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm looking at him in these clothes that he had on the day before. And I said, Karen, you're not going anywhere today. Get a grip. It's going to be okay. Tomorrow you will get up and everything will be more orderly. But <laughs> he was just riding his bike and just waiting for me to fix his waffles. Um, but I just had to really laugh at myself because 
in my mind, I wanted to say, well, Dad, you take those clothes off. You, you had those clothes on yesterday, but I'm like, you better get a grip and just move on. I so relate to that. I can so relate to that. And my dad would get up in the middle of the night. And if he saw his clothes from the day before, he would think that it was time to wake up and, and you know start to take off his jammies and put on those dirty clothes. <laughs> and so the times that I blew that and left them sitting out trained me to always put them in the hamper when I put him to bed. So he couldn't find them later. We, we hid things like his hat and his coat just because when he saw them, it triggered, I'm doing something. And unless we were doing it, we were in trouble. So I can so relate to that, but it is that deep breath. It's not that big a deal, Raina. It's going to be okay, but it doesn't feel that way in the moment. It feels like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. You can't do that. I know. So I just, I mean, I just went there. He was riding his bike. I went back to my husband, told him what was going on. And I just laughed and I said, oh my goodness. So, so good for you. I'm, yes. That's, that's great. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I know other listeners who are dealing with people with dementia completely relate with that as well. And it is about being able to just take a deep breath. And is this life or death? If it's right. not, Absolutely. Absolutely. In the big scheme of things, you know, no one will ever know, no one will care, and it will be, it will be fine. Even if you were going somewhere, it would be really, it wouldn't have been that big a deal, but it would have been harder to get out the door probably. (laughs) Yes, for me, it would have been, but it it worked out fine, but it, it was funny. I was just laughing at myself more than anything. Yeah. And the growth, the growth of you realizing this isn't that big a deal. Right. Yeah. So how do you take care of yourself? You mentioned that's an important piece as a caregiver is to uh, really address your needs. What have you found that's helped? Well, I exercise at least five days a week. So I'm, I'm very focused on my exercise, eating right. I have my times of devotion. I do yoga. Uh, meditation. So I have some things that I am really wed to um, for sure. And I do take time to go out to lunch with former co-workers, you know, just to kind of, you know, get a different environment view. So, but I'm still trying to do more because I I think it's, I think it's important to just continue to find ways to, to nurture yourself. For sure. I found in the caregiving season that sometimes we can forget those things that do nurture us. And one of the things that I had to do was step back and say, you know, what do I love? What do I enjoy doing that I haven't been doing for a while? And I'm kind of a crafty person. And so I found some different things to try to kind of spur that on. I hadn't picked up crochet hook in a long time. And so I found some patterns and I could sit and crochet while dad worked on a puzzle or whatever he was doing, but just little projects like that found to be able to inspire myself and, mm-hmm. and keep myself nurtured that I hadn't really thought about lately because that season of life before I started caring for my dad had been busy too. And so I had to step back and think about those things I kind of had let go of. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning to crochet. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found this handy little kit that you can have sent to your house every month. It has a crochet project in it. 
And then it also has an address where you can donate the things that you make because I don't know about you, but I don't need all these things. And so I've made chemo hats for people in chemotherapy. I've made scarves and baby blankets and just all kinds of different little projects that they send that, that you can donate. So I've really enjoyed that. I can share that in um, the okay. resource page so that others can find that. But I, I was excited when I found it because it's a great stress reliever, but the stress of having stuff I don't need doesn't help anything. <laughs> right. No, I do understand. That's great. Yeah. Cause I always take my crocheting with me to the hospital and to doctor's appointments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It helps you wait better, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. It does help you wait better. Yes. <laughs> well, I know you're also an author, Karen. So tell us a little bit about your book. Well, I'm a new author for sure. <laughs> um, my book is called um, Reaching Up for Comfort, and it is a book which includes some of my caregiving experiences. It also has um, questions in it and prayers in it. And so I've actually taken scripture and kind of interwoven it into my stories, and I have some questions which would help the reader to sort of think through their own story as a caregiver. And I'm hoping that it will actually not only inspire people and encourage people, but maybe even challenge people to write their thoughts down that will lead to them telling their own story. So it's That's very, great. it's very exciting. It's, yeah, it's been well received and I'm very excited about just having gone through the process and actually completed the process. It's a great accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. Listeners, you can find Karen's book, Reaching Up for Comfort at amazon.com. I'll also share a link at the bottom of our page so that you can easily access that. And hopefully that will bring encouragement for you um, through your season and help you to also process what's happening um, so that you can glean some um, lessons through your season as well. Karen's also available at crosswalkcoaching.com where you can learn more about her coaching um, services as well. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure visiting with you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and I really enjoyed spending this time with you. Listeners, make sure that you check us out next week. And remember, this podcast is intended for the encouragement of family caregivers. If you have medical, legal, or financial questions, be sure to consult your local professionals.